is 1.37 p.m. Stories of hustle and grind from the intersection of culture, style, music, and sports. Yo, yo, yo. What's up, guys? It's your boy Aaron, a.k.a. Don. Listen, yep, another episode of Inside the Screen. Today, we have two guests. I know it's normally a one-on-one, but we have my man, Jay, and then we have Julian for 1%. Now, Jay, I'm going to be honest. I, this is my first time meeting you. Well, yeah. both both of you guys, really. I'm going to allow you guys to introduce yourselves uh, first before we really get deep dive heavy. Yep, go ahead, Jay. Yeah, so my name is Jay. Um, I've been working in esports for maybe about four or five years uh, doing graphic design the whole time. Uh, started at Infinite, which is actually where I met Julian. We became like really good friends. Um, after that, we kind of moved over to uh, Complexity, where I've been working for the last two and a half-ish years. Um, and then recently, I just started working for a creative agency, all doing graphic design. But while in those jobs, I've just been kind of <clears throat> learning as I go, learning about the community, learning about marketing, learning about building brands, things like that, creators especially. Uh, and that's kind of like what's led us to like creating Swipe. And yeah. Dope. Awesome. Yeah, my name is Julian Castro. I've been uh, leading organizations for about 10 years in esports now. I started with uh, one of my teams at Obey Alliance, which is where I met Jay when we got acquired by Infinite Esports and Entertainment. Um, and then I moved on to be a director at Luminosity Gaming. Um, and led me here, who now I'm the CEO and owner of 1%, one of the fastest growing gaming teams in the world right now. And now we're working on Swipe together, making something cool. So it's really the story thus far. My first question is going to be like, what inspired you? And, you know, first of all, you already have, you know, like you said, you have 1%, right? Jay, you're also busy with your own things going on, right? But what is also the cat in the back? I like it. So that's like the cat that's walking around. <laughs> But what inspired, I don't know, Swipe Mouse Brand? There's a lot of mouse brands, you know? So what inspired this one? Yeah, I think there was a lot of value in, one, doing something that wasn't just gaming, like esports and things like that. For me and Jay, like when we had talked about doing something new, it's like, okay, well, you know, we're always in esports. We're always doing like all of this different stuff that's really team-based. Um, but, you know, thinking about a product band, thinking about a brand when me and him have learned so much about marketing and how to build these brands from a sponsor perspective, it was exciting, right? So um, when thinking about Swipe, you know, I take on a model that Jay very much agrees with and the model that we kind of developed in Obey, which is like a very creator forward mentality, right? Um, and the concept of creating a peripheral company or a mousepad company that is very focused on creators and built by creators was extremely exciting for us. I don't believe that there's a lot of mousepad companies in this space that are going to be able to accommodate uh, to the creators like we are. Uh, I think that's what separates our business apart right now and what makes it so very exciting. So that was really um, the reason why we wanted to is just the, the the network that we already existed and then also the excitement of the product and also the model that we're applying to it. It just felt like a really cool thing to do. So, Gosh, This is cool. I, just for context, I got to know because you guys look young. <laughs> yeah. How old are you guys? I'm 20, by the way. Even though it doesn't matter, I just oh, think. Yeah, I'm old. I'm 24. Oh. So. I'm also 24, so. <laughs> yeah. I think he's about to say like 34. I was about to say even then, like 34 is not old. But, um, I feel old. <laughs> yeah? Listen, so just so for people listening, I want some context here. What what video games raised you guys? That's a very important question. You know, we got people who was raised by SS Tricky, and then you got people who was raised by Pokemon. Uh, 
Let me let me let me yeah, let me yeah. Uh, well, for me, I was raised by like a ton of Pokemon and fighting games. Uh, and then I stopped gaming for a while. I, got, I was a, a skateboarder for about six, seven years. And then after skateboarding, I, w- I was just hardcore Call of Duty. Like I played so much Call of Duty, S&D tournaments, like wagers. Like I did that for so long. Um, and that's kind of like the, I'd say like the games that kind of like shaped me. Gotcha. And the reason I said, oh, all right, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I mean, Call of Duty too. That's, that's where I started, yeah. Important question here. BO1 or BO2 though? But which one? Hmm. All right, I'd say, I'd say BO2. I mean, it was the game that blew up the, the trick shotting yeah. and sniping scene for me. So I'll always remember it in a, a certain way. <laughs> gotcha. I like, I like that you said that. I feel like it was the most impactful one. Um, the reason I was asking that is, you know, a lot of people get into East person gaming and they feel like they have to be pros to like, I don't know, be in the atmosphere when that's not the truth at all. Like I like to tell people, there's a lot of creators right now. You don't need to be a creator. You could be an editor. Because we need more editors for the creators anyway. So, like, when did you guys realize, like, you wanted to be a designer? You wanted to be a, a, a entrepreneur? Like, when did it click in your head? Like, I don't need to be Tim the Tatman and Tifu and all these big stars to be involved. Well, for me, um, I, it, I wouldn't say there was ever, like, like, I never, like, wanted to be a graphic designer. Uh, just through playing Call of Duty, uh, when Twitter became like really big in the gaming scene, I just wanted to like make my own banner, right? Make banners for my friends. And then through that, people started asking for them. And then so a lot of people started asking. I started selling. So I had like a little business. I was selling Twitter banners for like $2 a piece. Like this is like back in the day too. Uh, and then I just learned Photoshop that way. And then I was like, wow, this is, I could actually do this for a job. Uh, and then, you know, a little bit down the line, I started designing for of this company called EGL. They produce like apparel. I think they're closed now, but I designed for them for a while. Then I got on with Infinite. So like it really turned into a career on accident. But um, yeah, just like really just trying to do things for myself kind of created it, uh, that path. Crazy. Yeah. yeah, career on accident. That's a perfect way to put it. <laughs> um, I, I was making YouTube videos with my friends on Call of Duty. And one of them was like, we're going to make a team. We need somebody to lead it and, you know, collect the clips and, you know, make the videos and get the editors. And I naturally fell into that place. Um, and then one day I found myself in Obey. And I, I don't know if it was like, it was just because the esports landscape was evolving a lot. And so the eyes on what could be were a lot larger than they ever were, right? Before yeah. you had people just like, yeah, you, you had big YouTubers like X-Jaws, all these guys, and you could tell they were making money, but nobody was like, oh, you know, put a gaming team there that you might even make more. Um, and as those eyes grew larger, I started to be like, wow, we have like 500,000 subscribers on YouTube. Like, this is huge. This is, this is bigger than we think. And so um, then my, my mindset shifted to thinking, okay, well, what can we make this? And that's kind of what led to the expansion of the team, all the new sponsors and like actually positioning ourselves as a business and not as just a group of friends that we're just making Call of Duty YouTube videos. Um, and, you know, I think it's very interesting you bring up the pressure of the industry on being so good at a game. Because yeah. I feel like everybody expects everybody to be like at the highest level. And obviously it, it's a very competitive landscape. So it's very natural. I mean, anybody who's been gaming for a really long time, when you get into a competitive game, <laughs> you know how dirty it can get, yeah. right? So, <laughs> I, so, yeah, I mean, very much uh, fell into place. I feel I'm a big believer that, you know, some things are just meant to be and life aligns in a, an interesting way. So, yeah. Um, 
This is where I was. I wasn't going to be a doctor. Now here I am. I'm a gamer. So. Wow. Doctor's <laughs> a gamer. Imagine. Uh, and, you know, I think it's cool that you even said that because a lot of people like to say, I feel like gaming is in a rut. I'm like, no, gaming is probably not in a rut. It's just the fact that everybody's actually trying to become pros now. Like you hop in a lobby, unranked, you're going to get shitted on. Excuse the language, but and I don't even know why I said excuse the language. You guys are used to this. But you're going to get like dogged on. Like, so yeah. then I can get where it's like, okay, it's not fun. I just want to come in here and have fun and chill and stuff. But my next question is, how did you guys' parents react to this? Like, I, this is, this, everything's new now. The digital world is finally waking, I feel like, our parents and just a generation before us up to, like, what life can really be. Um, but was you guys' ecosystem always accepted to just, like, these first passions of yours? Yeah, so my mom, my mom's actually, like, the greatest. Um, she was hard on me a little bit, like, I, and it was mainly because I'd be up, like, till 2 a.m. playing Call of Duty and yelling and things like that. And she's like, just go to bed, blah, blah, blah. But she really let me play games when I wanted to, as long as I, you know, got things done, right? Like, I was uh, in community college, which I ended up dropping out of. I had a job. I played video games. And then I was doing that graphic design stuff on the side. So I really got all my stuff done. Um, so she was very supportive. And then when, you know, now that I'm at this point, I know she's like, she tells her friend, she's like, yeah, I used to yell at him playing the game all the time, but now he's turned into a full career, right? So um, she's always been like super supportive. Um, and I'm glad she let me ha uh, have that time to like really game and make friends and start building what I'm doing now, essentially. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I've been very blessed too uh, with a very supportive mother. Um, yeah, I mean, for me, there was one point in my life in sophomore year in high school where I was so addicted to World of Warcraft, my mom sat me down and considered sending me to a camp. No. Because uh, I was just, I was gaming every day. And, you know, obviously we went through those phases of parenthood where it's like she had to like mm -hmm. wean me down and stuff like that. Uh, but overarchingly on my journey here, um, you know, even when I got, I had gotten accepted to uh, New York University and it was actually a school I'd been wanting to go to since the start of everything. And even when I called her, I'm like, mom, like, I want to take the jump. I want out. She was like, let's do it then. Like, it wasn't wow. even a question. And so, so you dropped out. Yeah, I left. So yeah. both of you, so this is like really just amazing. <laughs> this is amazing. You both drop out. You both start doing things that you really love and passionate about. And yeah. it's something that you're kind of, you know, you're able to make capital from. What is the vision for Mouse, like, uh, Swipe? Like, you know, where do you guys want to take this? I know you said it's, it's creator-focused, right? But, like, yeah, where's the well, drive? So, for uh, for me, I'm I'm really big on brand. So, I, wanna, I want Swipe to just have, like, an amazing brand that's known throughout the creator community. Um, and overall, I want this brand to create like value for creators, uh, esports players, and and the consumer that buys the product, right? Like, I want everyone in the chain to have value. Um, one of the biggest things that uh, I've seen in gaming and uh, recently um, is just that creators take deals to strictly benefit themselves and not their fans. Uh, something that I think Swipe offers creators is to say, hey, how can we as a company and you as a creator go into this partnership with the first thing on our mind being how do we create value for your fans, right? Not how, how much is the check going to be for the creator or whatever, like, right? Like yeah. we're here to serve the community. And um, that's what I feel is like very lost uh, in, I guess, just brands specifically in the creator space, right? They're just, 
giving checks to creators without a second uh, thought for the consumer. So um, that's one of the visions that I have is just to be that brand. Consumers can rely on, creators can go to, and we can really collaborate and make cool things for people. This guy's. Yep. You guys, I'm pretty sure you guys learned a lot too. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's, he's right on point with it. I mean, I think, I think the, the great value add is swipe is when you talk about a real natural partnership with our ability to custom curate real products for the creator. It's like, not just, Hey, let's just give you your code, you know, go sell a swipe mouse pad. We're not doing that. I mean, not to leak too much, uh, but we're going, we're making full blown products, packaging, everything made by the creator with swipe being secondary because we realize how important it is for a creator to put their name on something and really own it. And this is something I've talked about even from a, a, a esports team perspective. You know, fans, we live in a very, everybody is very self-aware of the deals that go on, the amount of effort that creators put into deals. You know, you know when some one of your favorite yep. creators signing a deal and getting a bag because his whole chat signed sell out. You know what I mean? They <laughs> yeah. know. So the importance of creating something that somebody can really get behind has never been more important. You know what I mean? Because it's like, if I just went to a creator and said, here, just promote swipe, hashtag ad, the click-through rate, the engagement is so low. But if I go to a creator and say, create your own product, create your own mouse pad, put your name on it, design it, get behind it, yeah, that will echo way farther than any other advertisement will. And I think that's what makes swipe exciting. So 100%. I love that. I'm going to add on, like, I've been doing uh, ad videos lately, right? And um uh... I don't like them in a way because it's kind of like I don't get nothing out of it. It's like you want me to say this product. I'm not gonna say the company, but you want me to say this product is great, even though I've never had this product a day in my life, which kind of makes me look like a fool because if the product is bad, I just said in front of a lot of people that this product is great. Anywho, I believe memes. I want to add to because it's kind of what you were saying a little bit. I feel memes are way more shareable than an ad will. Like if I mm -hmm. see an ad, I'm swiping across it. If it has ad or it's promoted. It's just like an insta swipe, but if it's a meme and it's kind of like, I don't know, it's starting to sell me something. I think we think Elon Musk does a lot lately with his memes a little bit, but um, I don't know. I just wanted to add that to people listening. Yeah. Definitely, definitely I agree. agree. That's gas. Now, you both, I feel one great entrepreneur, you great entrepreneur. What learners are you guys taking from past experiences? And taking it and be like, okay, we probably can change it up with swipe or just anything going on. Yeah. Here, go ahead, Jay. Um, I guess something that, you know, I've learned in the past, um, or at least working with um like a lot of esports teams and how they work with creators. Um, I've just never been like the biggest fan of, of like, I don't know, I guess how like deals are structured and things like that and how invested a creator can be and how, um, how contentious the like relationship is, um, when it comes to like money, right? Like yeah. one of the cool things that we're doing with swipe, like swipe is a creator owned brand, right? So like we have multiple creators that actually have ownership in the brand. And the reason that we did that is because I, I wanted to, uh, creators that actually understand what they are, which is essentially a business, um, have that drive passion to, um, you know, expand upon their business. Um, and it's not, and I, and like when we go to these people, it's like, it's not about the money, like whatever, blah, blah, blah. Like we want you to be excited about building something that's going to last, um, like further than you essentially, like when like a creator at the end of the day is going to upload their last YouTube video, do their last stream, 
last Instagram post, whatever. How do you create longevity for yourselves? Um, and that's something that we've been trying to get uh, creators behind that they're passionate about things like that. Um, in comparison to like creators going to orgs and the, how those deals are structured and like creators own, like if they're not getting paid X amount of mo uh, money, they actually don't care about the org and things like that. Right. So um, that's been like mm -hmm. my biggest thing to learn is just like getting creators passionate about what they do, getting them passionate about this brand. Um, actually, so basically actually creating a relationship rather than a transaction. Like, just yeah, gotcha. Exactly. I like that. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's very much just learning about my dealings in talent management and just learning how, you know, with 1%, I've found a model that really worked, an application and luminosity, it worked to an extent. Um, and for me, now it's just about applying how I have found success uh, with allowing creators to take ownership of something. Because 1% too is an own uh, a creator owned brand and a lot of the reasons why i believe we've experienced the success that we have is because we went out and said like there's no investor there's no middleman like this is owned by me and i need you to support it because this is an extension of me this is not me getting paid to be extended to this is what i am invested into this is what i'm passionate about and that's why we've been very strategic about our ownership team at swipe I'm not going to any creator that's ready to raise their hands and take that equity. And neither is Jay. We're looking for people that when we have our conversations, it's very like this, it's time. Like I want to, I want to be part of this. I want to do something great. Um, and there's so much value in taking people um, that are ready to dedicate themselves to something bigger and really push towards something. Um, and I believe that in esports, people can feel it. Like, they can feel an extension of that passion and people want things that are natural to get invested into. Um, they don't, fans don't want to like, that's, that's the, that's where the ad barrier is. Right. Yeah. When you see an ad, you swipe. Cause you know, this is not, this is not really heart. This is heartless. Like this yeah. is just an ad. This, I don't know. There's nothing to invest in that. Yes. But when you create something that is, you know, you start garnishing attention. That is why to me, when I see like the great Nike LeBron James commercials, it wasn't just LeBron putting on a Nike shoe. Yeah. It was talking about his story. It was building some type of representation that connected people with Nike and LeBron James. And that is what the great, I feel like, marketers even past the esports industry do. It's not like just about the product. Yeah. Because the product becomes, through the story, a product is uplifted, right? Yeah. That's the way it is. So. Excuse my ignorance. I don't feel like anybody else is doing this. Like you guys kept saying it several, several times, but it's finally hitting me. Like, what influenced you guys to like really care and give the creator control? Like, why give the person you're going to do the partnership? Because it sounds like you guys are making it really like a 50 50 type deal more than anything. Or a here, you Ridges want you a part of this and I don't know, be a part of history type story. What influenced that? Um, a big, um, I guess something that influenced it for me is just like, I, Again, I've been working with creators, you know, for the last like four years, like I've become friends with a lot of them and just kind of like understanding them. Um, the create like the creator creator economy, uh, creators in general, they are, you know, this is just the very beginning of what we're going to be seeing. Um, and I, at least personally, I wanted to like, you know, submit myself in this economy that's coming up where creators are going to be pushing uh, brands to new levels, creating their own brands. I mean, like if you look at Nelk, right? They just released, yeah. uh, or they were releasing a hard seltzer. I mean, that brand has 500,000 followers on Instagram yep. before it launched. Yep. And th that shows you the power of creators. 
I mean, like in the next five to ten years, I, oh, I genuinely sure. believe. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I genuinely believe like the the biggest brands in the world are going to be creator owned, and that's what I'm really excited about. I mean, obviously, as well as building the relationships with these creators and getting people right. that are hardworking things like that. But you know, like I'm really excited to be a part of this industry. Um, so that's why we're trying to get ourselves in there early, make sure that we're doing it with the right people, with the right creators, uh, and just see if we can build something cool. I think we've seen that with Valkyrie too, right? Like she was a creator before she was an owner of yeah, owner yeah. of 100 Thieves. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's crazy. Yep. Yep. You just kind of opened my mind everything. We're actually <laughs> going into the future of where, and I can see myself falling into it too. It's like, I really don't care so much about the brand, but I care about like the people that's evolved. With exactly. Brand, you know, yeah. like I was a Lakers friend since 08, but I wasn't really a Lakers friend. I was a Lakers friend because Kobe and Derek Fisher, I was like, okay, now I'm a Lakers friend. Um, yeah. And if Kobe or Derek Fisher was to go to heat, all right, now I'm a heat fan. So I really do get that now, which is, that's crazy. I like yeah. the cat. I always had cats. <laughs> like I had three cats now, but they all ran away for some reason. So I don't. Oh my god! Yeah, I tell that story every time. I don't. I don't think cats like me, so I just have five dogs and some chickens now. <laughs> chickens. Yeah. yeah, I live on a farm. Oh know? wow! Man, uh, yeah, I got got the chickens, the, the pigs, and stuff like that. You got to take care of them. Yeah, I was in a KOC meeting. It was like needed some something. And I was like, "Yo, I can get on my chicken coop." Just like, nah, we don't want them to actually know. Like. But I'm like, it's chicken though. So like, why do you want them to know? Um, but yeah, uh, definitely take care of them. I'm kind of a mutt. Uh, born in South Carolina, raised in Atlanta. So I'm like city boy, country boy vibes. So yeah, like, you know. Nice. Yeah, It'll like, taste everything. Yeah. You know, I like this. Um, but also I wanted to hit on, I didn't hit on it. I got like amnesia sometimes. I have so many questions going through my head and so many thoughts. You mentioned World of Warcraft. My first, I just played League of Legends. Uh, mm -hmm. this week first time playing a mm -hmm. mobile style game mm -hmm. definitely gotta get i want to play world of warcraft <laughs> next that's really on the next list my friends is always playing it and they're always like carrying on how, how good it is it's like bro yeah I've seen it, it, but... it's addictive yeah i mean I, i've played it for i mean i'm not playing it as much now but i've literally yeah. played that game for like 12 years of my life at this point so Damn. like off and on so yeah it's <laughs> one of the longest running ones uh, but it's fun. I, I think the appeal of being able to like kind of create your own journey with that game and kind of get into everything that the game has to offer is so much different where everything now is battle royale, like yeah. everything, everywhere you yeah. look. And it's so exhausting. Like yeah. it's so exhausting. Listen, I, I think, you know, I'm tired of battle royales too, but I really feel like, I don't, I don't know if it's coming out yet or what's, I'm not that deep into like the gaming and developer world. But I think what Fortnite did is open up a, a thing that we all want, which is a great MMO, but it's not RPG style. So, like, I don't know if you guys seen Genshin Impact. Like, yeah, yeah, I played it, it. It was nothing but a, a like a Zelda remake. And you thought it was an MMO. Like, you thought you was going to be your own character. Nobody else has, like, your skin or nothing like that. No, it's <laughs> kind of like an RPG game where it's, like, the first character you meet is going to say, hi, you're the greatest world in the game, character in the game. And then somebody else comes along, he says the same thing. Um, yeah. 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 Fortnite is interesting. I, I think Fortnite right now is struggling with the whole and the game itself has transcended what it, it, it was in a year in terms of gameplay wise. And I feel like a lot of the world is still catching up whilst there's a lot of like a good percent of people on the top that are just 15, 16 year olds that are just <laughs> you. I my mental capacity couldn't ever get where they are 
Um, and I, I think it's a very interesting landscape. I can go on and on about the content landscape in Fortnite, but yeah, yeah it, it's it's interesting. These games they create a lot of opportunity and a lot of opportunity for young people, so that's great. Yep. Yeah. I kind of touched on that because I was trying to get into the conversation of the metaverse and kind of NFTs and stuff like that. I think my mm-hmm. blur. But have you guys been like looking at that space or? Yeah, I mean, admittedly, not really too much. I mean, I, I look on it from like my own personal life, sure, uh, but from yeah. a business perspective, not too much. No. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I, I look again. Like, I've looked at it like from a personal perspective. Um, I think NFTs. The idea makes a lot of sense. What they're doing now with like art, I, I think that's just the beginning and like has real no long term value. Uh, but I think there's a really interesting um, like how it's almost like a secondary market resellable. There's a lot of value there, I believe. Uh, we just haven't really figured out how to monetize it the best. Hey, man. Futures here. I like yep. to say that the future is the past now, is what I like to tell people. <laughs> Everything you thought, like it, it literally 2020 was the year where it's like we didn't notice it was happening. But it's definitely happening. Like I remember, he was talking about uh, what's the what's the girl that's like super popular on TikTok, Charlie D'Amelio. There's gonna be yeah. like a Kim Kardashian reality show for her. I was like, I can see people watching her way more than they watch the Kim Kardashian. It's just because like creators these days, the engagement is like crazy. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think there's a lot of <laughs> I think TikTok is gonna create. A lot of opportunity for a lot of people i mean it already has right yeah. and and i think you're seeing that the evolution of content creation with the TikTok versus youtuber boxing i mean these guys no offense to boxing fans yeah. but for the most part they're reviving the sport of boxing yeah whilst everybody will tune in and watch canelo fight and tyson fury and wilder right yeah if you don't if they're not fighting at least from my perspective as like a very passive you know sports fan i'm not watching but now you have all these people tuning in to watch creators box each other. And they're they're only going to keep evolving that sport. Like now they're yeah. going to have a YouTuber versus Twitch streamer one, I believe. Like it's it's just crazy to me that that content is evolving this way. But more and more you find the focus to start shifting more into lifestyle because, as you said, you know, it, it's pers- it's perspective based. But gaming is in a weird place in my perspective because yeah. I feel like there's it's really one dimensional. You know, you have the ability to to touch different genres, but a lot of the growth and a lot of the volatility lands in only a few of them. And so it's very top heavy. And yeah. so from a gamer's perspective, it's really hard because for me, and I think what's happening to a lot of people is they're taking their talents to trying to be a content creator, a Twitch streamer. Yeah. Um, and, and confusing how that pressure affects you with the way the game currently is, is, is a, I think a lot of the fall of a lot of people because a lot of my content creators, right? God, Fortnite is so hard right now. I have no videos ideas. When you start playing a game, but then adding the pressure of creating to it, mm. adding the pressure of being entertaining to it, yes. it could instantly change the way you perceive that game. Mm-hmm. Because when you're just when you're just a play a gamer and you just go into a game, there's no pressure. You're playing to have a good time, and that's it. The field is way different. Yeah. Like, and I know that because I play Valorant, and I'm better than Jay in many ways. But I don't create <laughs> content. You know, I was just about to ask. We're gonna see you in a boxing ring. Um, <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> but I totally agree. Like, it's so funny you said that. Like, I was starting, so I was like kind of going stupid on TikTok. You know, I'm saying like, oh, bet there's been a little audience to start streaming now. And then I noticed with streaming, I was becoming PG-13. And I'm not a PG-13 guy. I like to keep it raw cut like that. And so I was like, yeah, we're not streaming anymore. 
because I was like saying thing weird to the boys. I was like, this is you know, like yeah, you know, <laughs> I was trying to uphold this image of a creator first play. I'm like, yeah, we're just not gonna do that anymore. So now though, <laughs> what I do is when I'm playing with the guys and we're talking crazy or somebody says something sus, I clip it, and it's just more. It's like I am trying to create. But I'm not trying to force it because when you force yeah. it, it's not really coming from an authentic place. And it's kind of like, I don't know, it doesn't hit as well. Yep. So, yeah, I just yeah. wanted to touch on that. I had a little bit of conversation of gaming a little bit, but that was pretty much it. This is never really an hour long podcast. It's really short, simple. Nice. I believe in that. I think we're in that era too now. It's like hour long content. I don't know. It's, I don't know. <laughs> short, simple, and to the point. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I really, I appreciate you guys being on. Uh, yep. Where can people follow you guys? Also, the brand. Also, Swipe doesn't have the first creator yet, right? Uh, yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah. who, who is yeah. it? Uh, it's Rift. So Rift. he's actually a oh, team yes. member of One Percent, and now okay. he's the owner of Swipe. Yep. And mm. Yeah, we're still uh, building out the creator ownership team with some announcements. I mean, for me, just go follow Swipe Mousepads everywhere. Yeah, that's all I, I care mean. about. <laughs> You guys have a TikTok for swipe, swipe mousepad? That would be interesting if you do. Do you? Not not yet, but That's we are plan. we are planning on making yeah. TikTok content. Okay. You know, maybe I'll just throw on one of those sap, sappy, I can't sell any mousepad, guys, please. And maybe <laughs> it'll hit TikTok algorithm and that'll Listen. be it. <laughs> Listen, for some of those, I really do fall for them because the music be hitting. I'm like, damn. Yeah. Me no, trust me, that's coming. It's part of my marketing strategy. <laughs> Genius. <laughs> some sad music, some fake rain. I don't know. Yeah. Hey, listen, it works. It works. Trust it me. works. <laughs> Definitely if it's mematized. But listen, everybody listening, thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I'm not going to tell you guys any more of the future guests because you guys like to DM me. And no. So we're just going to keep it a secret. <laughs> they, they like to like, I'd be like, I'm giving them hints and they always guess it. And it's kind of like, I don't know what you, you guys are doing this time. Anywho, uh, but Julian and Jay, I'm thankful. And see you guys. Thank you for listening. See you in the next one. Awesome. Thank you. This is 1.37 p.m. Own your future. Start this minute. 1.37 p.m. is a Gallery Media Group original production.